Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. And I'm Jason Maledsky. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. Yeah. Across the internet, family, our handle is trustthejourney.today. So if you would like a cost-free way of supporting the podcast, you can subscribe, you can follow us on YouTube, you can follow us on Spotify or Instagram. You can also leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you feel so inspired. (laughs) You can also share the podcast with someone directly So you can like it, you can leave us a comment. All of those things help us reach more people. And if you would like to join the Trust the Journey family where we expand the conversation and our connections directly with with you, please join us anytime. You know, donate on Patreon in any amount and we will add you to that private Facebook group. We'd also like to thank our editor, Kimberly Joy Voice, for making this podcast happen. And if you need any support making your podcast happen, you can reach out to her at KimberlyJoyVoice.com and she'll be happy to take care. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you are a brand that thinks you and feel you align with our brand, we are open to those sponsorships and advertising partners now. So reach out, trustthejourney.today. If you want to find Jay personally, you can go to jasonmaledsky.com. Or if you want to find me personally, you can go to melaniecurtis.com. I do a lot of keynote speaking. Jay does a lot of events with Desert Soul Collective. There's a lot that we do outside of the podcast. So please reach out anytime. And on that note, let's dive into this. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome and the notion of being your own hero. So Jay, let's, let's do it. What do you, what, where do you want to start on this one? Well, I think this is a pretty um, valid and worthy topic in a couple of senses. Um, I th- most people would probably not see this part of me. And I'll just go ahead and start right off by saying I struggle with imposter syndrome daily. This mm-hmm. is something that is continually comes up for me in the sense that I'm regularly viewing myself, my inner voice is speaking in a sense that oh, I'm not I'm not worthy of that. I'm not prepared for that. I'm not. Yeah, I'm I, I, I'm not skilled enough. I'm not experienced enough. I don't have the preparation. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yep. You know? Yeah, it's so common. I mean, I can echo the same thing. Almost every high achiever, quote unquote, experiences imposter syndrome. It is extremely common. And I have a lot more I want to say on the subject just from an educational standpoint. But personally, it's it's fascinating to witness it. It also can come through in the idea of feeling like you're going to be found out. You know, so part of the way that I, I mean, in skydiving, that's a good example for me, is part of the way that I feel like I helped cut that fear is feeling like I was put on a pedestal is to simply 
taper those expectations. You know what I mean? In terms of how skilled I actually am type of a thing, you know, and not diminishing my skill to be like, I know that I'm a very skilled flyer. I have X number of of skydives and X number of whatever events that I've done and this style of flying. That's so there it's not that you I was diminishing that experience, but more it helped me go, I don't want to be on a pedestal that I don't belong on. You know what I mean? And I don't mean that in a negative and diminishing way in any way. I more mean it in in a very just neutralizing way of like, I'm good, but I'm not that good. (laughs) Like I'm not as good as that person. And I mean that objectively. But then in other areas, I can be like, this is where I am absolutely like the best. You know what I mean? And having more of that self-awareness, but that didn't come until for years. You know what I mean? And I I feel like I want to quickly go back to why we even brought this up is that a person in the Trust the Journey family shared about their struggle with feeling like an outsider and fearing that sort of not belonging and not being a part of the community. And it was this beautiful thread where both the vulnerable share to put this out there and then also all of the beautiful, vulnerable, supportive shares that came on the heels of that. And Jay and I both shared on this thread about how we've felt that, you know, how we've felt like an outsider, we wanted to belong and how funny enough, we each had each other on this pedestal where we felt like we couldn't even like be friends because I was like, oh, Jay's too experienced. Jay's too cool. The PD factory team world champion, like, oh, he won't want to be friends with me or who, who am I? You know, that type of thought. It's very, very common. Mm -hmm. I have this other perspective on it that, which is this something that we learn from being inside of the sport that we learn is a very dangerous thing and that is putting yourself on a pedestal. So there's this perspective of wanting to make sure that we don't view ourselves as being too worthy or too good or, you know, the best at something, because as soon as you think I got this, then you're the next one to go, right? Like you're doomed if you think I got this because it's the ego inflating itself. So there's this dichotomy where we don't want to put ourselves up there on the pedestal and say, I'm badass, because it's also not cool. It's not fucking cool to be like, check out my nope. ego, you know, it's yeah. super uncool. And so there's this <laughs> weird thing where you're like, okay, I need to find my place in the world and I need to be self-confident and I need to hold my own ground and, and have enough self-value, self-worth, self-confidence to be able to express myself freely right? Like all I want to do is just to be able to be comfortable in my own skin and just share my feelings and be creative without feeling like I need to be judged by anybody or by myself, right? Like having just the balance of self-confidence that says I am wholly me and I'm just going to be me and love being me without being outside of more than me and making others feel small or making myself seem inflated or, or larger than I really am. So there's this 
intricate balance at play where we, we need to get big enough within ourselves to feel comfortable and to be comfortable taking up space, right? Like this is something I have really come to terms with in the last bunch of years is there's a lot of different ways that we, we each take up space. We actually each create the space that is time, space, and the universe. Each one of us mm. is a portion of this existence, this quantum uh, reality. We, we each hold portion of it up. I view us all as like a, a Pythagorean solid where we're a geometric model and we take up all the space. And when we're small, it kind of collapses back in. And we mm -hmm. don't really fill out our portion of what the universe's potential is. So we don't, we don't want, we want to fill our space to its full capacity, but we don't want to take up any else, anybody else's at the same time. It's, it's a challenging thing to lean, to lean into. Yeah, totally. And it's interesting because I feel like the, there's a couple of different articles and if you don't mind, I'll share some of the information from these articles. And of course, we'll put these links in the show notes because I've shared them with many clients over the years and I've referred to them myself over the years as well in terms of understanding myself and having direction on how I can heal this, right? Because imposter syndrome does not feel good. Feeling afraid that you're going to be found out, feeling less than, feeling not good enough. It's very gremlin thought type energy. It's very low level of energy. And it's a very, I'm hiding kind of energy, which is the antithesis of being seen and known and loved for exactly who we are. And so the first article uh, is one that's in Fast Company. And they go through basically uh, five types of, in, of how imposter syndrome can show up. And it shows up in first, the perfectionist. Secondly, the superwoman or superman. The natural genius. The soloist and the expert. I'll say briefly of some things. <laughs> yeah. I got all five. I fucking crushed I know, that. I, <laughs> I was know. like, I got them all. I know. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I identify with all of them on some level. <laughs> You're right. And so just to in brief, describe each one. So the perfectionist, it, you know, people might already know what this is, but you do it all yourself. It, you, feel like you can't trust people, you feel like you, you know, that taking it all on yourself and that type of thing, you're not fulfilled, of course, in, in doing that. The superwoman, the superman, superperson is the workaholic, you know what I mean? They push harder because they feel like they need to in order to measure up because they feel less than, right? This, this like overworking covers up the insecurity, right? And it's, of course, all this is harmful to mental and emotional health, all that stuff. The natural genius, that is the person who judges their competence based on ease versus effort. So if it's not easy for me right away, then I must suck. Or if I don't get it right the first time, then, oh, it's, I shouldn't even bother. Like that type of stuff. Um, the soloist is the hyper-independence, refusing of help, that type of thing. 
And the expert is the confidence is based on, you know, how much we know, how much we can do, that type of thing. Of course, with the underlying fear that it will never be enough, right? So there's this sort of relentless, I have to know more, I have to be able to do more, I have to this like more, 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 but it's this filling this empty, empty void that can never actually be filled. So that's the understanding of the these five types. And then of course, there are skills, there are things that we can there are mindsets that we can look to for each of them. And I'm going to really quickly briefly go through those. And then we can expand the conversation from there. Um, So the perfectionist, right, we've taking mistakes in stride. You know what I mean? Having a growth mindset and accepting our humanity. Those are mindsets that can help the perfectionist cut this feeling of like, I need to be perfect or I'm not going to be safe or I'm not going to be loved or I'm going to lose the opportunity or I'm going to be rejected is that we can start to go, no, no, I'm a growth and I'm a growth minded person. Learning is actually the value. Mistakes are normal. I'm a human in a human experience. The super person, the superman, superwoman, leaning into, and all of these tips will help all of these types, but that person needs to lean on, and like you were pointing to this, Jay, cultivating internal validation, right? So if we're like, we're not going to measure up, so we have to be the best at everything where everyone's like, oh my God, you're so amazing. We're getting all this praise, all this external validation, all this social validation, situational validation. We need to learn. This is where like real self-love practices start to come in, cultivating that internal validation and confidence so that we can be the ocean and not the waves. So the natural genius, similar to the perfectionist, it need, you know, needs to see yourself as a work, this work in progress. And instead of going, I need to be automatically so good at this and very talented, is that no, I can learn skills. And I I frame everything in my life coaching work around skills, because that's what makes things accessible to people who can't do them yet. For people who feel hopeless in a situation or like, oh, I'll never be able to do that, or I'll never be able to feel confident. Well, that's not true. Because there are lots of skills that we can learn and build. So that's the natural genius can like lean into that part. The soloist, of course, we need to start to learn how to accept help. How to, what does it feel like to receive and soften those walls of hyper-independence? And lastly, the expert is, you know, this no shame in asking for help. That there's no shame in not knowing the answer and taking on the mindset that it actually is stronger and more powerful when we can admit honestly that we don't know, and we can lean into collaboration and, and education and growth with others. Awesome. So you touched on something there, and I'm, I want to go back through your yeah. list and do a little review there. But For I, sure. I want to make a point of mentioning this before it slips out of my consciousness. And this concept of uh, taking up space, of being mm-hmm. okay with of shining our light. So you know that little song, this little light of mine. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm let, gonna it let it shine. 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 Yeah. So this is the little kid song, right? What's the song yes. designed to do? Like what it, how is that designed yeah. to it's designed to empower us 
and our inner being to like to love ourselves and to recognize that when we shine, we illuminate everybody else. Yeah. And we and that light lights up everyone else and that connects. I started singing, you started singing, right? I like that's that. how it works, right? So yeah. this whole idea of I'm going to be okay and not only okay, but I'm going to love who I am and my identity and my being and I'm going to radiate that energy outwards is something that we have to teach ourselves because a lot of times in society, we're all in our cultures, we're taught the opposite, where we're taught to subdue our light and to cover it up. And so I had this thought when you were speaking earlier about taking our, we're literally take our hand and we put it in front of the microphone and in front mm. of our light and we block our mm. own light. We create our own shadow where we are subduing our own light because we feel some kind of shame or guilt or, or yep. fear around mm -hmm. being our full and whole versions of ourself. And we, at the same time, we know that that radiant being of light, that that true version of, of self is the most, yeah, it's the most valid, true version of us. So inside this list, you know, the perfectionist, oh, I can't shine, I'm not perfect, right? Yeah. I can't let you see how I'm imperfect. What's the yeah. fear? You can't see my imperfections. Mm -hmm. The super person needs to be able to do everything. Well, what if I can't do everything, right? What if there's yeah. something I can't do that I can't let you see that? I have to hide that, right? Yeah. Oh, the natural genius? No, I know. Test. Trust me, I'm Canadian. I'm a fucking natural genius. <laughs> I know everything about everything. I'm actually, everybody's always coming, you know, everything. And I'm like, gosh, what if I don't know something? Right? How am right. I going to, how am I going to live with myself if I don't know the answer to that? The mm -hmm. soloist, what radically independent. I got a freaking of things where like, it's all about, you know, climbing mountains alone and freaking walking through the wilderness for weeks at a time and living life as a solo. And like, it's, and what if I couldn't do it? What if I needed help? I'm going to be weak. Yeah. Right. I'm afraid of showing my weakness. I'm afraid of needing to be connected. And then the expert, you know, oh, God, I, I kind of don't even like that guy. I have to tell you the truth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. If there's yeah. somebody who's up on a pedestal, it's the expert version of mm -hmm. me. And he's a bit of an ass. So <laughs> let's get him down off there because he needs to get off yeah. his soapbox for a minute, you know. And all of this covers up insecurity. Right. So like the root is the insecurity. Right. And the part of us, the soft center of us that is afraid, that soft inner child, you know, that needs love that we can give it if we can learn how to do that, you know, and this notion of cultivating safe relationships and being brave enough to show these parts of ourselves. Like if I think about the true antidote to imposter syndrome and feeling like an outsider, it begins with that. It's both of those things I feel like, and that certainly there's more to it, but there's, it's that self-love cultivating that, which sounds so annoying. God, I resisted that for years, right? Like, oh, I was like, what? It just sounds so cheesy. And I'm like, what? I can't have other people love me. I have to do, you know, it was something I really resisted. But I now see it as a component to fulfillment and 
my ability to be free, to truly shine in this world and to experience life in its depths and its radiance and myself and my depths and my radiance and connect with others in such a way that I feel that love from others as well. It's, it's very, very powerful work when we start to really look at what does self-love look like? What do I need to do to have that start being a thing for me? You know, that question is a powerful one, as is what does being brave in relationship look like? What do I need to share? At what level is safe for me? Who is safe for me? Do I have spaces that are safe for me? And starting to discern where those places are, who those people are, so that we can start to be brave to actually undo this structure, this hard-walled structure of imposter syndrome, perfectionism, super people, whatever it is. There's a word that comes to mind, which I have a long relationship with, and I feel that I'm, I'm brave as fuck, okay? I'm a really brave motherfucker, and I am courageous, right? I know that I'm courageous. I know that I'm willing to fight my deepest, darkest battle within myself. I know I'm willing to stand up against injustices in the world. I know I'm willing to speak up when things are wrong and people are being treated incorrectly or, uh, you know, things are not the way that they should be. I will stand up and I will say, I'm the only one looking around. It's like, is anybody going to say anything? This is wrong. You know, like this needs to be spoken towards. And now I'm not tooting my own horn here. I'm not putting Mm -hmm. myself on a pedestal and say I'm better than anybody else. I'm leaning into like, this is the version of hiding my light. If I don't speak up when I know something is blatantly wrong, and that's not the way that it should be going, then I am just snuffing. I've got the candle snuffer and I'm like, yeah, I'm beautiful, whatever. I don't care. I'll I'll just go ahead and snuff myself, you know? And and that puts everybody, it puts everybody else in the darkness, right? It's if you're the only light shining and you're just willing to let yourself be snuffed out, then the world goes into darkness. And I think this is a big thing happening in the world today where we each have a responsibility to like take up space take mm-hmm. up space in a positive way to like really radiate out structure to say, no, this is the world that I want to live in. The world I want to live in has these qualities to it, has these values to it. It has this kind of moral obligation to oneself and each other that we need to uphold. So I love the idea of being brave and courageous. And with that, with the times that we are willing to risk being courageous and risk being fearless and stepping through our fear. Like, come on, fear, we're going to do this. And we go arm in arm with our fear. and We go towards whatever it is that we're afraid of doing. With that comes the building of confidence, right? Mm -hmm. The more times we do that, the easier it becomes. And I can speak from my own experience here is I have very little apprehension about speaking up when something needs to be said, because I recognize that from all the times that I've done this in the past, there's always somebody else who's waiting for you to speak up, who wants to speak up themselves, but is just on that edge of fear. And they're right there. Yes. They want to do it. And as soon as one person goes, that's not right. That needs to be different. Then they're like, yep, that's right. 
you know, and I'll be the first follower, right? The first follower is waiting to jump on board. Mm -hmm. So I just encourage all of us to lean into our own encourage, right? There's the word. It's right there. Courage is in the word, you know, like let's be courageous about getting up onto the pedestal of self that is the correct one, which is the one that says I uphold a moral version of the world that I want to live within. And we know the rights and wrongs and there's no, there's no pushing anybody else down in that. It is only lifting each other up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so, I, it's so fascinating hearing you talk about that because I hear the beautiful energy that you can source in courage. You know what I mean? And for me, I have so much experience in the lane, in these power lanes uh, that imposter syndrome shows up in, the certainly the perfectionist and the super person of doing it all and all of this stuff, doing things very well going for it because it's a it's of course a dichotomy in the sense that I'm driven to live my life and be highly motivated and to be highly engaged so that's a positive value on the other side of that coin it's that hard wall so for me bravery in more recent times more recent years for me is softening is softening. It's softening into relationship. It's softening into true honesty with myself about what I'm afraid of, you know? And that's what I think is so wonderful about the person in the Trust the Journey family who shared. Like that is real courage to me too. You know what I mean? It's real. It's real. Like that is light right there. The honesty of the struggle, you know? You just tapped, said right on, you said it's courage in the me too. And that, I mean, the the whole movement of me too Mm -hmm. is this idea of like, hey, you know what? I'm also courageous in speaking towards the things that have been, you know, challenging and I've, you know, where I've run into darknesses in my life and we all have them. There's nobody who isn't on, who isn't also me too. Everybody is part of this me too. And and the whole concept behind that, as much as there's been, you know, uh, societal memes around the idea, the reason why there is societal memes around the idea is because everybody has those same statements of like, you know what, these are the things that I've also been challenged by and where I've been pushed into these hard circumstances. And it's only a whether or not we're courageous enough to step into that to say it with authenticity and ownership. Yeah, totally. Totally. That's a mantra for me this year is soften, soften, soften right? Because my walls are strong as fuck, yo. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's those walls keep us from the beautiful fulfillment that we can find in, again, being truly known, truly seen, truly loved for who we actually are versus who we are projecting to the world we think we should be. I've been talking about this word a little bit lately in some of my posts and in some conversations with friends. And the word is surrender. Mm-hmm. And I am in love with this. I absolutely love it. And what triggered the concept of diving deeper into the word of surrender 
is one of these um, diagrams, a Venn diagram that showed the overlapping circles and it showed fear on one side and it showed, <laughs> yeah, I forget what's on the other side. Oh, yeah, fear on one side and surrender on the other side and in the middle is flow. Cool. Right? And I yeah. was like, because flow is what we truly, where we truly want to be, right? Like this yeah. is the moment where we're just free. Mm -hmm. Another word for flow is freedom, yeah, right? Agreed. Where we're just being, agreed. right? Complete being. And I'm not attached to my past and I'm not attached to my future. And oh, I'm going to deviate for a second here because this is worthy. I had an epiphany come to me around this concept of flow where we move through our lives on this day-to-day -day journey with time being our number one variable that we're relating to our experiential journey. The sun moving across the sky as our key indicator that time is going by, the moon coming around at night to take the same job, the watch on our wrist, the phone, all the, the calendar, like it's just completely based on our heart, even our heartbeat acting as like a counter for us to measure the fact that time is occurring. And so we are living in time space. Okay. So we're living in time space because time is the number one factor and space is occurring as a relationship to time. Now, what mm -hmm. happens when we switch and we move into flow, right? Or we find ourselves just being where we are truly present is that space becomes our number one indicator and time becomes secondary. Yes. And so we move from time space into space time and there's a flip of the adage. We shift the polarity and we start to suddenly find a non-attachment happens naturally, right? Mm -hmm. So what occurs is instead of living in this idea adage of like, oh, this is behind me and all that is ahead of me and I'm on this linear path, right? We ditch linear. The linear goes away entirely and we're spatial and everything surrounds us. So we go from gravity to weightlessness. Essentially, mm -hmm. all the things that have been lined up on the train tracks were like, oh, there's the end of my life up there. And here's all the things between now and then. And every day I go to work and all the money, blah, 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 blah. And all that poof just lifts off the ground and it all just floats all around. Right. And we all just move our way through this. So why do I getting in here? What's the whole point of this is this concept of surrender, right? The beautiful idea that I can feel like I'm weighted down on the tracks, like gravity has its hold on me and I'm going to be stuck on this set of rails my whole life. And it's an inevitable journey that is kind of pointless at that fucking point. Like I, I, I'm depressed, honestly, if I think about it in that linear like time space journey, I'm like, oh, okay, well, somebody else can drive because we're on tracks. We're not going to come off them. There's really nothing to do here. It's not even my responsibility, right? It's all laid out for me. But if I go into flow and I surrender and I say space time and space is variable and time ceases to exist, time is just everything. Now I'm free. I am free to move in any direction. I can float through this journey. I can observe everything. And I can be in slow motion or I can be in high speed and it doesn't matter because time is not linear anymore. So I love this idea of surrendering 
into our fears in order to find the state of flow, in order to change the whole paradigm of our existence and move into a state of being. And I'm going to drop my mic now. Yeah, it's so, it's, it's, yes, 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 yes. I was sitting here listening, being with you. And I was thinking about, obviously I was with everything that you were saying, but I was also thinking about the stress that I was feeling before this episode, before we got on the call, right? You're not feeling very well. I'm feeling a little, a a bit of stress in my life. And I was feeling like in flow with you. Like this space is so healing because it access, it helps me access flow. And I know we've talked about this before on the show. Spaces where we can access flow are so, so healing. And for me, conversation and connection is one of those spaces. And so that's what I was, I was just in that. I'm just, I'm here, I'm in that now. You know, I'm here with you now. And it's like, I can feel the tension melting from my body. If I'm talking about soften, I can literally feel my shoulders softer than when we started. Literally, right now, you know? So, imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Fake it till you make it, right? So, I'll tell a quick story and I'll get us back to where we were on track here. I remember years ago being in Skydive, Arizona. This is over a decade ago. And we had some kind of a training camp going on where we're coaching a bunch of people. I wasn't in charge. I was hired as a coach and we're doing canopy coaching, which is my expertise, right? Mm -hmm. I'm the expert, right? I got this. Okay. This is one where I'm like, you give me the wheel and I'll fucking tell you I got it. Okay. But suddenly I find out that we're tunnel coaching that night. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? We're tunnel coaching. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, we've got a few hours in the tunnel, blah, 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 blah. They wanted to do this. They wanted to do that. And so we're going to teach the guys some stuff. And I was like, wait, what? I haven't even flown in a tunnel in a few years, you know? I'm like, I know I can fly in there. Okay. You know, I'm by no means an expert, right? So I'm by no means am I an expert. But I have this imposter syndrome, like, oh, because I'm not an expert, I can't teach somebody who is extremely beginner, a complete novice. Of course, I have the skill set to teach them the basics, right? Like, it's the basics, right? Like, I've got decades of experience. I don't need to have this sense of imposter syndrome. Like, I can't teach somebody like hips down, legs out, you know, like basic free fall skills, open up your arms a little or bring your arms in a little like, you know, like just it's basic, like up, down, backward, forward, belly flying kind of stuff. I learned this 25 years ago, I can easily teach somebody but I had waves of imposter syndrome because I was taken out of my space of being the expert. And I also put myself in the space of being the perfectionist. I don't want to take a risk of putting myself up there as an imposter when I'm imperfect. And I know Mm -hmm. that I'm imperfect. I know I can mean I can do a good job. Actually, I could probably do a really good job. Because I have the experience, but because of my own fear of not being the expert, I don't need, I'm not even willing to take the risk. So yep. where do I find my way 
through this is by letting go of the soloist idea, right? As soon as I let go of the soloist idea and I go, wait a second, I'm just there with my team and I can lean on my, you know, I'm, who am I there with? I'm like, uh, somebody like Jason Peters is in the tunnel with me. And I'm like, <laughs> I can just look over at him and be like, give the guy some tips, you know, like <laughs> well, one of the world's leading tunnel flyers, you know, like easily I've got the team around me to be able to just lean in support. So when I'm kind of out of tricks to, to be able to offer, there's also somebody there who could take over. And I think there's a great little lesson inside of all that is that we don't have to do everything ourselves. We don't have to be the perfectionist. I don't need to be the expert. We're all super people by being in a team together and by leaning on each other. And this where you I'm going to bring it back to this call now, Mel, is I really didn't feel I don't feel cl- I felt cloudy as we're starting this call. And this and I was stumbling and I'm like, okay, well, let's just fake it till we make it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I knew like put the engine in gear, put it in first, let the engine start chugging along. Let's get the clutch out and let's get it up to speed. And once the wheels yeah. start turning and we start rolling, oh, all of a sudden we're in flow again. We've got movement, yeah. we've got the connection, we've got the freedom yeah. to just roll with it and make some mistakes along the way. Totally. Being right? okay with our humanity. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't find the word that I'm looking for. I'm talking at the same time you're talking. All the things yeah. are happening. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. All of that, all of that. What came up for me when you mentioned new experiences, that to me points to shifting our mindset from this notion of perfectionism, expertise, knowing everything, having it automatically to the perspective, the lens of the experience is the value, not the outcome. So it points back to detachment. It points back to, I don't need to be the best because what I think puts me in a place of of high value is that I'm willing to try. I'm willing to do it and, and fuck up. I'm willing to do it and look stupid. I'm willing to do it and quote, fail. That to me, I have worked hard. And I mean this in a honest way. I've worked a long time to shift my mindset to really deeply feeling that that is the value, that experience is the value, not the outcome. My effort is the value, not the outcome. Certainly, if I didn't have a growth mindset, if I weren't committed to learning, then I wouldn't learn from my mistakes and I wouldn't grow. I would just keep making the same mistakes over and over again. But because I couple that value of experience as the value, effort is the value, trying is very honorable value that I hold. And when I screw up, I want to learn from it. I debrief. I do these things. That stuff puts me in this beautiful flow experience of just life, of going, I'm, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm, I'm changing, I'm evolving because I am engaged with what's occurring in my life. So I've been having this wonderful conversations recently around this topic 
And I, I made a post speaking about the idea that the commodity, I should have used the word commodity, I said mm. currency, the mm. commodity that people are vying for in the world today is attention, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to get attention and is seeking to be validated through attention. And at the same time, we're trying to, to people are trying to, uh, you know, turn that attention into uh, a commodity. So what, I mean, where does this really lie is in the sense that this journey, okay, I'm going to be a soul. I'm going to enter a body. I'm going to live as a body called Jason Boletsky. That body's going to die. Jason Boletsky is not going to exist anymore, but my soul is going to leave. Okay. And my soul continues back into the ether. Now, what does my soul take from this? Here's the fucking answer experience. What mm. does my soul take from this experience is not attention, right? It is not time. Okay. So there's been some discussion. I'm like, Oh, the most important commodity in the world is, is your time. Like, yeah, your time has value, right? Your time definitely has value. But the real commodity, the real value, the real essence of this air quotes experience is the experience itself. It yeah. truly is in the emotions that we feel while enjoying or being challenged by this experience. Yeah, right? absolutely. And that takes us back because we haven't touched on this much, this idea of being our own hero, you know? So it's, it's how does one do that? It, it's this rolling back from this taking the claws out of these ideas, like, ugh, like digging these like white knuckles, lifting them off these ideas that, outcomes, that people liking us, that certain versions of perceptible success in this societal construct that we're in, all of these things that are layered on top of our consciousness to, to, for us to think that we need to be, things that we think we need to do, things that we think are our way to be safe and loved is like detaching from those and going back to that core essence is very freeing. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's easy to be like, Oh, great. Jay said and Mel said, it's the experience. Cool. I'll just that's just what I'll think about from now on. You know, like it, it's the neural pathways are trenched, like we are in very strong practice in these ideas and these societal influences and our personal influences and our experiences up to this point and our thought processes up to this point, those get trenched. So to take on these new ideas, also know that it will be a process. Just learning about imposter syndrome and learning that, oh, I can be my own hero and that will help me. Just knowing that cognitively is not enough. It has to be a relentless practice and with, with relentless grace in your, in your process as you learn and mess up and see your old habits and try the new thing. It's this really, really... Ah, just rich process that you have to really love yourself through. And that is the value of being in a process like that is you get countless opportunities to love yourself as the imperfect human that you are. So speaking of imperfect humans, I want to speak towards the idea of heroes a little bit and the idea of getting too close to your heroes. 
and how being our own hero is going to have some version of imperfection in it. And that's okay. Okay. So one of the uh, comments I was also, this again, I was made a post recently speaking about how Dan BC had sent me his book to read. And I'm like, yeah, man, I was idolizing Dan and Arizona Airspeed via VHS tape when I was, you know, in the 90s and had never left Canada. And I was in Toronto and I was learning to skydive. And I, you know, I've got 20 jumps and I'm like, these guys are the pinnacle of this whole thing. And I just, I love who this they represent. Now, they, these guys are my heroes from that point of view at that point in my life in that particular context right now there are heroes of all different types on this journey jesus buddha krishna heroes right spiritual mm-hmm. heroes right so i can have a hero in skydiving and hero have a hero like my mom or my dad who are yep. heroes to me i can have hero like my big brother you know I can have heroes like spiritual leaders. I can have heroes that are in sports. You know, I can have heroes anywhere we want to put them. All right. Now, inevitably, as we get close or in skydiving, I've had the opportunity to meet pretty much every hero I've ever had because it's a small sport. It's not like, you know, I I have to do a lot more work to get to meet somebody in another, in a larger demographic where it's a little more challenging to get close contact to those people. But What I found in every single scenario is that the closer I get to my heroes, the more real and normal people that they become Mm -hmm. and the more imperfections they have because I've been viewing them through a telescopic lens from a distance. Okay, so when you use a telescopic lens, it pulls the field of vision in and you look through a very small aperture and you see things only like at a pinpoint and you're only looking at one particular value of that being. And we're seeing that that perfect. So Jesus is a great example. We're like, oh, you know, Jesus Christ, Lord, our Savior, you know, exalted. And you're like, okay, well, Jesus was awesome because he was a leader of men and he, you know, he educated, he taught the way of of light. And then you realize, yeah, Jesus was a dude. He made mistakes. He liked to hang out with slutty girls, you know, (laughs) you know, like he had the problems, you know, it's like not perfect because all of our heroes are like that. And so we need to give ourselves the same leeway right? Like, and we need to be okay to be our own hero and not be a perfectionist about it. We don't, Mm -hmm. we can't allow ourselves to step up onto the pedestal of life and say, I love who I am. And I'm going to move forward through this with confidence and vigor and veracity and just attack it and love it and be willing to be imperfect and be willing to make mistakes. If we put the, if we shine a floodlight on ourselves and we're like, oh, look at all my imperfections. Look at all the things that are wrong with me. I don't deserve to be up here. Well, if you do that to any of your heroes, you're going to find the same thing. Right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. And on the positive side of that coin, be, the heroes are also accessible and connect and, and there and able to be actual friends with you because they are also human. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yes. So like that's been the be- a beautiful part of my skydiving experience. Again, trust the journey. Like we were saying at the beginning, the fact that we both thought each other was too cool to talk to and be friends with is comedy, is ridiculous. But it's a clear example of this type of mindset, imposter syndrome at work, keeping us limited, right? Like it's not that I wasn't friendly with you, but I wasn't like connect. We weren't connected because I was like afraid to 
talk to you in that type of way. But do you think there's a version of like our ego armor, like growing bigger where like, oh, I'll bolster, I'll fluff my feathers up so that I think I look like a big enough version of me to be on par with you. So if I do this, I feel like I'm as powerful as you. And now we can meet each other eye to eye. But what does it actually do? Is it like it puts a bigger field of armor out away yeah. from us and it keeps the other person away where we now can't connect to them because we've got this big bolstered fluffy feathered armor on and yes. who we are is actually this little skinny bird inside of all those feathers <laughs> yes, you know like yes. you've seen a bird without its feathers you know and it so ain't a pretty cute. sight right it's oh, so cute that's and why adorable. we have those hairless cats this poor I know. thing oh i love them oh yeah i do think that's monkeys, i think that's you know? i think that's exactly what happens if you are not on a healing journey if you are not on the path to uh, undo this armor, if you are not on a path to undo the armor, you are building more of it. That's what I think. 100%. There's, it's a po polarized existence, right? Everything in this journey is polarized. So if, if inaction is an action, then not tearing down your armor is building armor. Yeah, for sure. I would like to share some of the bullet points from the second article, just because they're kind of funny and more direct. And I think it'll give listeners some things to take away that might feel more actionable than simply the conceptual conversation. So this article is, uh, let's see, it's, it's actually a article called Startup Bros. It's funny, because I'm, you know, big on entrepreneurship. And, you know, when you're starting a business, you're like, Your I don't bro. know what I'm yeah, hilarious. But it's partly their vibe is it's this really funny thing. Anyway, so the imposter syndrome, this notion, of course, that we're a fraud, everyone's going to find out all the things that we said already. But some of the things that they list as ways to overcome imposter syndrome is <laughs> you'll have to read the whole thing. I'm not going to go through all of it. But like the first thing that they say is come off it. <laughs> <laughs> like, let go of some of your the excess of self importance. You know what I mean? Like, just come off it. It's not as big. A, you're not as big of a it's not as big of a deal as you're making it that type of thing. Um, the second thing here is like, accept that you have had some role in your successes. So that's for the more self defeating part of us where we're like, I have had some role in my success. There are parts of me that I can objectively, honestly acknowledge and, and be proud of. You know what I mean? It's not all armor. Some of it is honest. And that's okay, too. Right? Beautiful. Yeah. The third thing which I love is focus on providing value. So if you are really nervous about showing up in a space... And you're like, oh, I have social anxiety. I'm feeling this imposter syndrome thing. Oh my God, I'm going to get find out. All these, all these things. You can go, a way to interrupt that is go add value. Focus on providing value. Even if that's just being kind, maybe you have something to offer. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's just being a warm energy. There's lots of ways that we can be of value to a space, even if we are nervous and feel like we don't belong there. What are the other ones? There's so many. There's 21 of them. 
Oh, okay. Uh, one of the, this is a, yeah, I'm not going to go through all of them, but like the, one of them that's very actionable to help cut this armor down is to keep a file of people saying nice things about you. Right. So if you get an Ugh. email from Ugh. someone, stab me in the heart. Oh my gosh. Print it out. Like I have, I got an email from my friend, Chris Slaughter years ago. I'm talking over a decade and I printed that thing out and it is still framed on my wall. That is how much his words actually have supported me over the years. It is a big deal. That's just one email. But you can do it with a whole... You can do it with a Google folder. It's really not that hard. You can do it in a note. Cut and paste a little section of an email or a text that someone sends you that acknowledges you, that supports you, that you can feel as true. That is a really, really powerful practice. And then read it from time to time. So I'm going to go back to that word surrender, because mm-hmm. in this context, you, I mean, you pulled that, you pulled out that little pointy dagger and you went, Hey Jay, and you shoved it in. Cause I'm like, Oh God, that's the one I really struggle with. Right. Surrender is this word that we're afraid of in the Western culture because we feel like it means to give up or to lose or right. to fail right? Like there's Mm -hmm. failure involved in this word surrender. But what if the opposing force, which is out there, which is the universe, which is our song, actually has our best interest at heart? Okay. If the opposing force has our best interest at heart, and we surrender, then what actually happens is we receive, right? We receive what is there for us. And so this I'm not placating my own ego in any way. I get messages from people every day and every day somebody says some version of thank you. Mm -hmm. And for most of my life, anytime somebody has said thank you, I deflected it. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. did not truly receive it. I let it come and I, uh, you know, appreciate the person that's honoring my work, but I also just let it bounce off. And I haven't truly been able to receive that praise in a healthy way. Yeah. In a way that actually allows me to feel like the work that I do is validated, but being validated by the universe. And so in some ways, I'm still fighting against my what the universe I'm fighting against my own validation and my own you know my own self-worth and my own self-value are being like hey you're doing a good job you know let this be let this be something you receive and I'm like no I'm not no perfectionist yeah can't receive this I I, I mean thanks thanks for the thanks for compliments but uh, or some or some inflated notion that humility is more more noble or honorable than receipt that's Almost that humility is like virtue signaling, right? Like, Correct. oh, thanks, yeah, thanks. You know, like Correct. it's like a way to say like, and that even is a bigger like inflation of ego than actually just receiving the compliment. Exactly right. What weird. What a weird experience this whole life is. <laughs> I know. So I want to. I want to take this one more quick journey. Yeah, do it, do it. This, and I and again, dr- peeps, I, the article is awesome and I highly recommend you read it. So it will be in the show notes and it's there's a lot of good stuff. So Jay, go ahead. So there's this ego 
thing, egomania, right? So I encountered this in skydiving early on, and I've struggled with this to this day, okay? There's this thing about entrepreneurship and about self-love and self-value where we have to step up and say, I am me, and here's why I have a value, and here's why I have worth, and here's Mm -hmm. why you should, if you're interested in this type of thing, reach out to me and I will provide you with whatever guidance you're looking for, service that you're looking for, whatever experience you need. I have it, right? So our life is experiential. The whole thing is an experience. I have a whole bunch of experience in a particular area that you may not. So you could just come over to me and I could share some of mine with you in order for you to not have to spend all the same amount of time doing it. So this is how we actually this is the true exchange, right? Like we're really like willing to all pay hard earned money, my own time, I'll use my own time for if somebody else has sacrificed their time to gain experience, and they now have an additional value in that area to save me having used my time to get that experience. Now, we've, there's a challenge of connecting our self worth to that. So it's, it's not a self-worth, right? Like we're, we're in our self-worth is not connected to our experience. Our value is connected to it, but not our worth. Our worth is connected to how we treat others, right? Mm-hmm. The way that we interact. And so I've always struggled with this dichotomy of, I don't want to be an egomaniac and put myself out there and be like, Jason Maledsky, yep. big, whatever, fat-headed dude who, who has I to like know. put his name in bold letters and like have his own brand and d- d- melaniecurtis.com exactly. just saying right exactly okay so who's it's this big struggle egomaniac but then you have to go back and say yeah but i have to create this self-value through my own experience in order to love myself and actually this is not egotistical this is the this is the balance is to say i have worth I ha- I do have part of me that is a perfectionist, a super person, a natural genius, a soloist, and an expert that are actually badass dudes or characters yeah. or beings or within myself, right? Yeah. And, and those badass beings make up who I am. But if I lean too far into them and let them become my identity, my self-worth, then they're worthless. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's this... It is this deeper driver that when we hold ourselves back, when we withhold ourselves, we are robbing the world. We are robbing the people that need us, the Mm -hmm. world, the way. Yes, exactly right. And that is a big thing. That is why I am in business as a coach. That is why I am a writer. That is why I put videos out and all that stuff. It is way easier not to be out there. But for me, it is, I am deeply connected to and had to cultivate that connection with this idea that I am, I have value and the world needs me. I don't know how the world needs me or who needs me. So it's this surrender, back to surrender. I don't know how the world needs me or who needs me, but I know that they do. And it is my task to be in the world as my 
honest, authentic, true, radiant ball of light self. If I can do that, then I can feel fulfilled and deeply good about my life, which sounds so big and annoying, but that is the reality for me. So the big word that you said in there was feel. The whole experience is a set of a fee, it's a felt experience, right? Like we sense the experience. Meditation has taught me so much, man. I just am starting to understand this journey just ever so slightly. You know, I'm coming into my 50th year and I'm just starting to like crack open and go, oh shit. So it, we just feel an experience and that's the whole thing done. Beginning to end. We crack our eyes open. I'm a baby. And then we close them. I'm, a, I'm an old man and it's over and I die. And the whole thing was just a felt experience. And in the meantime, I want to feel it as fully and wholly as possible. I want to feel all of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to connect to it and identify with any of it. Yeah. Right? Love it. Love it, my friend. There's a million more things I could say, of course. But what else or what final thoughts do you have? Well, if we're talking about imposter syndrome and becoming our own heroes, I think that the hero's work is never done, right? We got to constantly show up for ourselves. And if we show up for ourselves, we can show up for those around us and those that we love and those that we care about. And we've got to do the work. You know, the hero grinds. The hero just yeah. doesn't, isn't just gifted. You know, you just Yeah, that's grind. my thought. Yeah. That's my thought too is that the hero isn't a hero or looked to as a hero. And I mean this both externally, people looking to us as a model or as our, from our example, but also how can we look at ourselves as a hero if we are not earning it? And again, there's something, it's, there's more to that conversation as well, but meaning human beings value what they earn. And so there's something to the, it's a good thing to be challenged. It, it, that social anxiety we feel, yes, opportunity. It makes me think of Jaco. Social anxiety, good. You know, <laughs> feeling scared, good. good. You know, it's the opportunity <laughs> to step into that because that's how we're going to become our own hero is to move through those, those nodes of discomfort and build those skills that we know we can build. Awesome. Go team. If you receive value from the episode today and you would like a cost-free way of supporting the podcast, you can please subscribe on YouTube or follow us on Spotify or Instagram. And you can also leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. All of those are wonderful cost-free ways of supporting the podcast. If you would choose to share the podcast with somebody directly, that would be absolutely wonderful. We can also invite you to become a member of the Trust the Journey family by subscribing on Patreon. Any donation in any amount will get you into the Trust the Journey family, where we curate a Facebook group. It's just a wonderful group of humans in there that are just holding a sacred space for each other to be able to be open, honest, vulnerable, all the things that we hold as our high values. And I want to say deep thank you to everybody in that group for your support of the show. It is your patronage that makes this show happen. 
Absolutely. And find us at trustthejourney.today and send us a personal message anytime. Thank you all for listening, for being here, for sharing, for every like, for every review, for all of it. We love you. Thank you. Keep laughing, keep loving, and keep trusting the journey.